93.3 KXNO. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Miller and Condon on a Thursday, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller, on the air with you until 1 o'clock to talk sports. We appreciate you uh, spending some of your morning here with us. BMW of Des Moines guest list shaping up like this. Uh, we'll start at the bottom of the hour with our friend Bill Bender. We'll go around college sports, spring games, etc. with some of them. Uh, some NFL draft conversation, uh, some Pac-12, Big 12 rumors that uh, continue to percolate. Bill Bender on college football uh, coming up here at about 11.30. Uh, The Drake Relays, ready or not, they're back for another year. The 113th renewal of this event. I didn't realize. I mean, I knew there'd been a lot of them, but my God, that thing has been... Do I have that right? Did I see that right? Does it seem like... You're asking the wrong person. Yeah. But, well, we'll ask Blake Bolden. He will join us coming up at uh, 11.50 as we get a little preview. Um, They asked us to to come on and uh, help him out, and we're glad to do that as the good folks over there when we want to talk Drake basketball. uh, They certainly uh, go out of their way to facilitate that for us, so uh, return the favor here today. That's coming up at 11.50 with Blake Bolden. Uh, Then at 12.05, we will turn to the Hawks and the Clones and do so in that order. David Eicholt is going to be here. There is a football press conference availability this afternoon, Trent? Yes, 2 o'clock. And both coordinators, including one Brian Ferentz, will speak to the media? For the first time, we will hear from the coach's son, Baby Huey. (laughs) Brian Ferentz. Uh, So that should be good. There should be plenty of... um, Pointed questions, I I would would anticipate? Yeah, there will be. Uh, Will he answer them? Absolutely not. Probably not. Dance around him, but you Mm -hmm. know what? No, uh, he wouldn't be the only one that does that. Uh, That is is quite a skill to be able to answer a question that you weren't asked, uh, and it happens everywhere. Uh, And then we're talking to Dave Sproul, who will be, when he joins us, just getting out of a Matt Campbell press conference, as Coach Campbell is meeting with the media uh, at noon, so we'll get the latest on what's going on with Iowa State football. Uh, from Dave Sproul, who will have listened in, of course, 1430 KASI for Dave Sproul. Uh, he'll join us at 1230. Trends Plays of the Day, Circus Sports sponsors those. That is coming up at about 1250. How was your night last night, betting-wise? Oh, it was a good one, and I even got nipped a couple of times. But 7-3 and three overall, I believe 6-2 and two in the plays that I handed out yesterday on the show. That's good. 5-2 really the good. day previous. So if you're playing with me, I'm starting to see it now. Told you I got off to a slow start in the NBA playoffs, uh-huh. but we're starting to feel it. We're we're racking it, and and you know many people call me Mister Hockey of the show. Well, yeah, and deservedly so. Absolutely. How was that plus money last night? Oilers Stars money line parlay plus one fifty two. Both both they just handed me money. I, I thought the same thing when you said that. In fact, I thought it was a mistake <laughs> that it must be a minus, right. and you no. saw it wrong. Uh, but um, no, that was that was surprising. Both of those teams, they had to win. They had to win. They had to win. And they went. Give the Wild credit, though. They made it close. So talk about some teases. I flip away from the Wild game. What happens? They, they score, score two goals of, and they yeah. make it 4-3. In like 30 seconds. Well, not even that. So then I'm over there. Guess what happens? Then the Timberwolves start their yeah. comeback. Third I, quarter was timing. great. Maybe I shouldn't have been watching last night because... Well, I saw you tweeting. <laughs> yes. Both Minnesota teams playing much better when I wasn't watching. <laughs> though I was locked and loaded then throughout the basically the end of the game with the Timberwolves. They took the lead going into the fourth quarter. I know. Couldn't hold. 
watching Ant play at that level, which we know he can. Mm-hmm. This guy is still incredibly young. Yep. There is still he is still just scratching the surface. Yes, he is as a player. Or this guy, was, he was just an athlete. When he was the number one pick, many people believed it was a no, mistake. It's, it's a bad draft. Yeah, bad draft. draft. Somebody's got to go. What? It's going to be him. But he's not going to be a great player. Uh, but he is. <laughs> he is a great player. A lot of people got that wrong. And we've talked about the disaster that is the Gobert trade. Uh-huh. But but not only the trade in itself, but you're building a team around him. Edwards has to leave. You're building a team and you're putting now two big guys together. Uh-huh. When his best asset is downhill, getting mm-hmm. to the rim. Mm-hmm. And he shot it well and he's improved as a shooter and yep. he can hit and he was hitting last night. But what his best attribute is, is an athlete. Is his ability off the bounce, mm-hmm. and you're putting two guys in the middle. Yeah. It just it didn't make sense at the time for the reasons that the trade were and what you're giving up and looking like you have a future. But secondly, roster construction. Who's the Timberwolves general manager? I don't even know. You know what? Chad, it's a I don't thing. either. Yeah. I think it's just, this was his first move. Ugh. I think this is one of his first moves he got uh, since since he got the gig. But but Edwards can't stay. Edwards can't stay there if he wants to win. This franchise is behind the eight ball. Until the next decade, because that's when their first round picks, they finally start to get them back again. And you can hit and miss on them. And I guess you can bring in some free agents. But look, we, we've seen Conley go out and try to improve this team. And, the, and his answer was Rudy Gobert. And where's that got them? Tim Connolly, you're right. Hired May 23rd of 2022. Makes the trade on July 6th. This is the splash. He signed a five year, $40 million contract? This is ridiculous. He's the president of basketball operations at his, his official time. He's the GM. What a disaster. What an absolute disaster. And this franchise, Trent, you go back, you don't have to go far. But go back to last year when they played Memphis. That was a edge-of-your-seat p- series. It was, it was great theater, phenomenal television. And you thought, you know what? This team's, this team's arrow is pointing up. Well, th- we're all in now. And they decided with this new general manager, he's making a splash and a name for himself. And he basically mortgages the future of this franchise um, for Rudy Gobert. And Anthony Edwards, if he wants to win, you got to wonder when he, when that opportunity arises for him to leave town. Is he on the first bus? Well, he won't take a bus, but you get my point. Uh, you just got to wonder. Uh, uh, how about what, what's going on with, with, the, with the Lakers and, and Memphis? I know there's no John Morant, but what is Brooks doing? Why would you poke this guy? I don't care if he's 38 or not. Right. He's still one of the best players in the game. Is he as good as he was five years ago? Of course not. But he's still better than 98% of the players in the league. And why would Dylan Brooks try and... You're nobody. That's what that Memphis team does, though. They like to push buttons. I mean, the way that they have not backed down from Golden State, and they kept John. And even as they've lost, they keep John. And they go at... It's just their DNA. It's how they are. I think it's stupid. But this guy's not good enough to back it up. No, of course not. He's Dylan Brooks. But that's what they do. Bane out there doing... They just... They're talkers. They're yappers. A lot of yappers on that team. It's worked for them. We'll see if they can get over the hump. But, Mm. hey, they make it more entertaining, right? And and we're looking for storylines and we're looking Uh, for entertainment. And they absolutely bring that every single time. And that's that's just who they are. Well, now, tomorrow night, I mean, yeah. I was going to probably be focusing on hockey. But now I've got to watch Memphis in L.A. Well, Or is it Saturday? It is Saturday. That'll be and the night game. Love that. Saturday night, 9 o'clock Prime tip. time or 9, nine o'clock tip? 9 o'clock All tip, right. yeah. So your Saturday schedule is Sixers-Nets. Could be over. Yep. We'll get to a play for Game 3 coming up later in the program. Ooh. 
Suns Clippers, that'll be game good, four. Good, that'll good, be the 2.30 game. Yep. 6.30 for Bucks Heat. And then Grizzlies Lakers to wrap it up on Saturday. Oh, that's a good day of NBA. That's a good. So is there nothing tomorrow? There is T Wolves Nuggets game three back in Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, Celtics Hawks. Yuck. And Cavs Knicks, which has been decent. Or what's yeah. that? One a piece. One 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 a piece. Going to New York and MSG is always cool. No, for it the is. Playoffs. Yep, it is. Just a special environment, and you mm-hmm. can tell how cool that's going to be. A very young Cleveland team that's coming into their own. So could be a fun series. I mean, how many of the eight series? How many are going to go seven? If I put the over-under at two and a half, Ooh. Yeah. is that too high or should it be one and a half? How many are going to go seven? Because I think Knicks-Cavs is destined for seven. I think we're going to get seven out of that. Celtics-Hawks, absolutely nope. not. Timberwolves, nope. maybe going to get a game. Maybe. Grizzlies-Lakers? No, I don't think it will. Well, I hope it does. Bucks heat no. Sixers-Nets, no. Nope. Suns Clippers. Maybe. Maybe. So maybe one and a half might be a better yeah. number for that one. Game sevens, doesn't matter the sport. Nope. Bring it on. Let's make it happen. Yep, absolutely. So well, uh, I got some hockey questions for you. Oh, I hope I got the right answers. What in God's name were the Wild doing last night? Putting Fleury in net? Well, they were going to do, the, the according to Michael Russo, who covers them for the Athletic, this was always the plan. Okay. That, that Fleury was always going to get a game and in all likelihood, it was going to be game two. Um, I think that they can try and play it as the excuse for the double overtime, mm-hmm. fatigue, late night. Eh, if he was in his late 30s, maybe. <laughs> yeah. But he's a young guy, Gustafson is. He's 24. 24. I'm not saying that um, that he would have made... A number of those stopped. A number of those pucks that that got by Flurry. There was a couple that. I mean, no one was stopping. No shot, yeah. They just had no shot. I, I was surprised. I will say this: I was surprised pregame, and you knew that it had every chance to backfire. And the questions were going to be relentless after the game if indeed Dallas won the hockey game, and they did. So my other question was when it wasn't when it got to fourth. When it got to five three. It happened bang, bang. Mm-hmm, right yeah. after, but we have two quick ones. Well, 11 seconds apart, I think, yep. is the two goals that made it 4-3. After Fleury gives up that fifth goal, mm-hmm. is does that happen in hockey where, hey, we still can win this game? Yep. Let's go to Gustafson. Yep. yep. I mean, that, that's a real mm-hmm. – again, just because I don't know the sport well enough. I it, don't think you want to um, – you may do it between periods. I don't think okay. you yank them you know, with, with time left on the clock. If you're going to do it, especially, I mean, this isn't just anybody. Mm-hmm. This is a guy with Stanley Cups and he's going to the Hall of Fame. And um, But at the same time, he's lost his job wherever he's been. <laughs> he lost his job in Pittsburgh. Yeah. He goes to Las Vegas. He lost his job in Las Vegas. He goes to Minnesota. He's lost his starting spot in Minnesota. So that's three stops along the way, cups along the way, but it hasn't ended well in, uh, in any of the cities that he's been in. So we'll see. Now it um, makes the decision easy, though. Right. Oh, it's Gustafson for yeah. sure. Now it's yeah. just him and... I think it's him going forward, yeah. especially if he doesn't stink uh, tomorrow night. And I don't believe he will. This series is fun. Yes, it is. This is my favorite series of the ones we've seen so far. Now, I want to look at tonight because obviously Toronto needs to beat Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. Uh, if New Jersey doesn't beat the Rangers, that bad boy's over. Though the Devils, one of the best road teams. Uh, they're very good. Head. They're very good. Uh, but the, the Rangers, I just think, I think the Devils are just too young. They're going to be good. 
And the reason they're going to be good is for years they were really, really bad. <laughs> and one first overall draft pick after another, and here they are. Colorado has to beat Seattle tonight. If Vegas doesn't beat the Jets tonight, that series is over. Because I don't th- see them going into Winnipeg and getting both of them. They may get one, but I don't think that they're... Uh, all the road teams won in that series to begin the series. Uh, every single one of those home teams, they better win. It goes without saying uh, here tonight. So we uh, talked yesterday about if you played that four-game parlay, underdog parlay, yep. going back the other way, all the home teams come back and win game two. What do you think that's going to pay? Just money line on all four of those uh, games. They're all favorites. Okay, they're all pretty. New Jersey's favorite over the Rangers. They are. Okay, yeah. Toronto's got to be favorite because Tampa Bay. They they lost two defensemen in Game One, including Victor Hedman, who I don't think is going to play tonight. If he is at that series, they're in deep water. Um, Colorado's got to be a big favorite over Seattle. What would that pay? That's a good question. What is it? Is it? It's is it, It's not double digits, is it? I would guess not. I, I I would guess about seven to one. I was going to go eight and a half, nine. All right, so let's put it together here at circa. You got the Leafs minus one fifty five, the Devils minus one twenty eight, Lanch minus two sixteen, and the Golden Knights minus one fifty eight. You parlay them together, you're getting six to one. Hmm. Six to one is all you're going to get. But I kind of like all of them. And what makes more sense? Individually, you hit three out of four, not mm-hmm. much profit. No. Nope. Got to get four out of four, though, to make it happen, obviously, with the parlay. Yep. We got some contemplation. That, that might be one. That, that might be, because I love Toronto. Uh, I love Colorado. The other two, I'm not betting against the Jets. And, and the Rangers are a good hockey team with veteran a veteran presence uh, that I think will go a long way. All right, let's switch to baseball um, from yesterday. One of you, what were your takeaways from yesterday? Cubs won again. They did. As they beat the lowly. What was the attendance in that game? Uh, attendance for the game, uh, 12,112. That's a good crowd. Maybe a school day? There was, and I watched that game. I watched it from start to finish, and there was a lot of blue in the stands. <laughs> no surprise. A lot of Cubs either. fans uh, in the stands. What did you think of Mason Miller for the You know A's? what? I was impressed. Yeah. Uh, he's the only Oakland athletic I'm going to know. Um, he was good. I mean, you know what, Trent? He, uh, he, not repeatedly, but he throws over 100 miles an hour. Yeah. I mean, he touched 101 on a couple of his pitches yesterday. So, yeah, for his first start, that's a pretty good offensive team in the Cubs dugout, too. They can, they can hit the ball. The Cubs are one of the fun stories so far in 2023. I think. I think they're going to keep us interested for a I, while. I agree with you. Now, the Dodgers come to town this weekend, but they took mm-hmm. two out of three at Dodger Stadium. All right, let's get to the A's. Um, look, it's been, we were told, and we, we told uh, the audience. Yeah, um, we, we've been more than hinting at this. Right. That this has been a done deal for weeks, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, if you put two and two together, you know where we got the info from, <laughs> right? Right. Who, do, who would we go to in Las Vegas that would have this type of info? You're right. That's the first name that popped into your head. And you'll join us tomorrow at 1205. But it's been a done deal for some time. And it's you hate to see it. But you know what? I still like Mike Palm's idea better. I really do. Right. Build a ballpark. Mm-hmm. And every single MLB team is forced to play two series there. Once you're the home team, once you're the road. So everybody makes a stop through Vegas. Um, you could be playing. I don't, I don't know. Whatever. Just your Royals team, twins. Royals twins could Cubs play there. Pirates. Cubs pirates could play there. Pirates and the Tigers could oh, yeah. play there. Um, but every team has to go through town. It would be huge for the economy in Vegas. Not that they need everybody. Well, I guess you know everybody could use it. But there's a ton of um, um, 
I was talking about the tourist bump. Um, there's the hotel spaces there. You would almost guarantee that this would sell out every single game, wouldn't you? Well, one interesting nugget in the article last night from the Las Vegas Re- Review Journal uh, said that still, even with what they anticipate will be a huge influx for all the games from out of towners coming in, seventy percent of their ticket base is still going to be people from Las Vegas, and because of that. Maybe that was kind of some of the reasoning and thought process behind it. You still have to have a home base. You still mm-hmm. have, and you're not selling any season tickets if you do it that way. No, that's true. You're starting at zero. Well, you would sell season tickets to the ticket brokers, right? Secondary markets, but no, I, that's a good point, Trent. And I never thought of that to be, uh, to be fair. That's a really good point. It's a smaller stadium, thirty-five thousand. Thirty-five thousand, yeah, is what they're targeting, just north of Allegiant, which is going to put it right behind. So Allegiant, what's across the street from Allegiant? Is it Park MGM? Uh, Mandalay Bay. Mandalay Bay. Yeah. Right. Mandalay or Luxor. Luxor's a little bit further down, a little bit closer to the new baseball site. Okay. Yeah, because it goes Mandalay Bay, Luxor, Excalibur, and New York, New York, New York. New York yep. Park MGM. Yes. Right? Yep. I, I think in that order. Um, For all intents and purposes, it's right across the interstate from T-Mobile, T-Mobile? the basketball and hockey arena. So, so they're going to build a pedestrian walkway? That is what the talk is. Yeah, that's going to be part of the proposal that they go to the city and they go to the state for is mm-hmm. that's going to be part of the plans is build that. Because on that side where Elysian is, mm-hmm. not much over there. No, there's not. There's if you look nothing. at the site right now, I took a look at Google Maps last night. There's a bunch of semis just parked in the And there's camp. an In-N-Out Burger over there. There is, yes. That's where the In-N-Out, one yeah. of the In-N-Out Burgers is, is right near there. So not a whole lot around there. I saw, what, there's a Wendy's, and there's a couple of fast food joints yeah, over there. In-N-Out. Have you eaten at In-N-Out? Yes. Yes. I have once as well. Your it, thoughts? It's fine. It's just fine, though, it's right? Fine. Yeah. It's not like, would you do it again? Would you inconvenience no. yourself to do it again? I wouldn't. No, give me a Culver's Burger. I mean, pretty you, good. Yeah. yeah, those are good. Yeah. I'll take a butter burger. Yeah, those are good. That's Midwest. We know how to do it better yeah. on the West Coast. Come on. But yeah, the the in and out it was fine. phenomenon is yeah. kind of like, man, maybe I was just expecting to, I don't know what I was expecting, but <laughs> people in your mouth. rave about this joint. Um, it was a fast food burger. Yeah, but there's nothing over there. Now, will that change? Because if you've got a baseball team that's got 81 home dates, mm-hmm. you've got a Legion that's got the, uh, the UNLV and the Raiders and concerts and everything that that building hosts... There's got to be some buildup. Is there a bar? Is there Sports restaurants? Bars? I mean, you think of like Ballpark Village in St. Louis with 81 home dates plus everything that's a T-Mobile right in that area. Mm-hmm. Do you build something like that? Sports book? Oh, absolutely. Well, you have to, that, right? And that be a part of it? You have to. Yeah, I think that makes a ton of sense. And in between Allegiant and the new baseball site, there's a ton of room there. Possibility maybe putting something up. Uh-huh. Could a new casino go up in that area? Because everything's on... The other side, where T-Mobile is... Well, except for the Rio and the Palms. Is is there an opportunity to... Well, Rio's a dump. Rio, yeah. I've, I've been told that Rio's going to be um, knocked down oh, for, really? for years. Yeah. I thought that's where the ballpark was going to go. That was one of the proposed right. sites, yeah. Right, um, We've We're actually booked to stay at the at Rio for one night. So we're flying into Vegas, and we're bringing Jet. I've told you the story. <laughs> Jet, our dog, right? Because <laughs> yes, yeah. I want to take Jet to the beach, because we're going We're going to end up in California. I don't want to take two flights. So we're getting off the plane in Las Vegas, renting a car, and going to drive to Ventura, which is where, where we're going to end up. Um, but we're staying at the Rio, and some of the stuff you read about that. I stayed there once in the late 90s, and it was really happening. I mean, a real cool place. Yeah. They, um, 
Oh, what's the club that they had on top? Not that I'm a big club guy. Voodoo Lounge okay. was the name of it. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I went to the Voodoo Lounge, but I went at 5 a.m. or 5 p.m. rather, uh, before Voodoo Lounge because I just wanted to go. And, yeah. You know. Um, and I'm not a big clubber. Well, but was, it's a dump now. So I thought. That was a quarter century ago, too. Well, that's true. Has it been that yeah, long? We're old. Trent, don't we're say old. that. Isn't it's sad, isn't it? It's not that long. It's a long. quarter of a century ago. <laughs> um, but anyways, I thought the Rio was going to be knocked down. Uh, but ballpark, the Major League Baseball is coming uh, to Las Vegas. Trent, you don't have to go back very far at all to when Goodell, to when Bettman, to when um, David Stern. Mm-hmm. Sports gambling and professional sports do not mix. Yep. Over my dead body. Mm-hmm. This will never happen. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> they're fighting each other to get their sport into that city. Mm-hmm. They've, they're going to have everything at one point because NBA is coming. Yes. The NBA is coming to Las Vegas. There will be two expansion teams. One will be in Seattle. One will be in Las Vegas. That will happen. <laughs> and this is within a 10-year period. They, they can't take enough money. By the way, did you see on ESPN.com that... Um, there's a group of, I don't know, people getting together to try and see if they should limit the sports wagering commercials that air. I think it was David Purdom at ESPN.com wrote I did their piece. See that. And I think, as I kind of read it with one eye, I think, oh, God, no, don't do this to us. Right. <laughs> um, one eye closed, but I didn't see the word radio. I saw TV. TV is what I saw as well. Thank God. It yeah. wasn't the only that, one that read that's it fine that over way. There, right? Yeah. It's kind of cringy, but I, I don't think it's a bad idea. No. Um, We're inundated by it. We are, aren't yeah. we? It's. And it's the big ones. Mm-hmm. And as we talked about yesterday with the possible consolidation, points bed yeah. going away in North America. Mm hmm. When you only have a couple of options, that's not good. No, it's not good for you to wait. It's the marketing that they continue to lose money at. Or, look, if you're one of the big ones, see that as DraftKings, see that as FanDuel. Um, who am I missing? Would you put Caesars? Caesars on that list. Unless you have a niche, unless you're doing something that separates you from all of the other competition, as Circa does. Mm-hmm. Um, because they're not going to limit you. Nope. Um, they're not going to give you a bonus when you sign up, but that just is part of their business model. But th- not all are going to survive, and, and your word is right on. It's going to consolidate itself, so we shall see. But Major League Baseball is coming to Las Vegas 2027. Your point on the season ticket hole is something I never thought of. I still like Palm's idea. I, I like it, um, but ultimately this is yeah. going to be okay. And guess what? When the Twins are there... Going to be scheduled of course, one of those right? trips to Vegas. Yes, I mean half the ballpark's going to be the uh, the opposing team's fans. And I looked five and a half miles from Circa to the new Is ballpark. It? About a fifteen minute Uber. Uber. Not too shabby. No, absolutely not. And they're going to build a walkway, which is great because the walkway, but that the street that I'm not sure what street it is uh, between. The Luxor and Mandalay Bay, which they close off when there's an event at Allegiant Stadium, mm-hmm. that becomes a pedestrian traffic. That's, that's all it is, uh, because that's the only way you, you park in the Mandalay Bay parking lot or Luxor's parking lot, and then you uh, uh, you walk across the street. I guess it would be west uh, to to the to the stadium. Going to be fun. Times are changing in LV. Big day for you. Happy four twenty. We Thank know you. you partake. I will celebrate, Trent. Yes, yeah. I will. I will celebrate. Um, probably 8.30. Just, uh, 8.30. Okay. 8.30, probably pretty good chance that'll happen. Uh, but, uh, yeah. 
Not, not a different Will it ever thing. happen here, legally? You would hope so. I mean, we've been at the forefront of a lot of things. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. know why this is the one hiccup that we have in the mm-hmm. state in comparison to mm-hmm. allowing most everything else. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Um, take a time out. We'll come back. We will be joined by Bill Bender. We'll talk college sports with Bill Bender. Look forward to doing that. Uh, we'll talk Drake Relays coming up at 11.50. And then Hawks and Clones. Eichold on the Hawks, Sprout on the Clones. Eichold will preview what uh, the Brian Ferentz presser is going to be like today. Oh, by the way, Phil Parker's talking too, but he kind of takes the, uh, uh, he's the warm-up act. Will he go first or second? What will, what will they do? Uh, I'd have to look at the email to see if they had it stated. You'll hear from both coordinators or one first, one second. I'll take a look back at the email and see. Uh, by the way... If, uh, if Parker's second and they just have allotted you know, 45 minutes, it might only be about five minutes left for <laughs> Phil. Yeah, really. That's a good point. All right, we'll take the time. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's uh, Miller and Condon. Before we go to break, it's time for another $1,000 home run. Head to KXNO.com right now. There you will find a keyword, a pop-up box rather. You can enter this nationwide contest by inserting the word grand at kxno.com. Grand, type it in the pop-up box. Your chance to win $1,000. The keyword in the 11 o'clock hour is grand. Another one coming up about an hour from now and then throughout the afternoon with Murph and Andy and then the drive with Heather and Sean. Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. Station 106.3 KXNO. Blake Bolden from the uh, Drake Relays coming up here in about, oh, 15 minutes or thereabouts. Look forward to that spot. And then Hawks and Clones with Eicholt and Sprow in our number two. Bill Bender uh, covers, well, a lot of sports at the Sporting News. It is the Sporting News after all. And he joins us. Bill Trent and Ken, thanks for coming on. Want to catch up with you. Um, we'll do some NFL draft and where you think, uh, just pick your brain a little bit. But I want to do some of the spring games. Uh, that have already taken place. And you have to start in Texas with, I think, one of the, at least last week prior to the spring game, one of the most talked about, anticipated quarterback battles, at least we assume, just because one of them has the last name of Manning and he's got to be good, right? Um, and I'm not saying he won't be, but it's just not his time yet. That's what uh, my takeaway, Bill. How about you? Yeah, I watched the entire Texas spring game and saw. What you saw, I mean, Arch Manning's going to need a little more time, just like Quinn Ewers needed more time. And, you know, Quinn Ewers got that first year on a college campus without playing when he was at Ohio State. And, you know, lo and behold, it's year three, and he looks very comfortable. Has a strong arm, threw the ball well. I think they've surrounded him with very good pass catchers. So it's not going to surprise me if Ewers uh, has a really good year for the Longhorns this year. A lot of back and forth at the top of the draft. Well, for a couple weeks, it was C.J. Stroud. Now it's back to Bryce Young being at least the betting favorite. Of those two guys, who do you like more as an NFL prospect? If if you had the number one pick, the fighting Bill Benders, who would you choose at number one? Probably Bryce Young. I would gamble because my team's probably bad if I'm picking number one. So I've got to 
take a playmaker, somebody that can go off script. I'm not worried about his size as much. And you know, I mean, watch Bryce Young, probably through high school, and tell you the same thing. I mean, every time he goes out there, who's the best player on the field? Um, yeah. <laughs> so I, I would gamble. It's not C.J. Stroud at all. His accuracy is tremendous. Um, had a great I mean, he showed what he could do against Georgia. We all saw it. And um, I think he's going to have a successful career as well. So that's the reason why this state is so hot. What about the others? Uh, not named uh, not named Stroud or Young. Uh, Hooker, Levis, um, um, uh, Richardson. Of those three, how would you rank them, Bill? I mean, Hooker's age and his injury, obviously that works against him. Richardson was inconsistent. If you just saw him in the Utah game last year, you think, well, there's the first overall pick and the Heisman winner, as I did, um, and rushed to open up my app and bet him at 50-1, to and it was never heard from again. (laughs) Um, But how would you rank the other three? Who do you think has the most um, likelihood that he will not succeed of that trio? That's tough. I mean... Levis, I probably have the most question marks about because, you know, he has a strong arm. I know what he means to Kentucky. I know how he uh, did a great job there. But, you know, if, if Hooker was healthy and not, you know, there wasn't an ACL issue or, or that kind of thing, I would take him first of the three. You know, I would, I would probably do that anyway. I think I would wait and take Hooker out of the three. I, I just like his makeup. I like what he did at Tennessee. A little bit of a concern about the system he was in. And then, Richardson's that that's a big gamble because we know what kind of athletic talent he has. I yep. saw it at the combine, but we've also only seen him play for one year. And, and the, you know, I'm a big proponent of the the accuracy, the completion percentage. That does matter to me, no matter what level you're at. Yeah, Trubisky we saw for one year, Trent. Yeah. Do I have and to remind you, Trent? Didn't work out very well. What, 13 career starts in? So it was. It was not good at the next level. Hey, B. John Robinson, we know he's a talent. We know there's been a lot of talented guys that have gone through there. Just such a wide range of opinions. I've seen anywhere from top 10 to, of course, not even a first-rounder because he's a running back. Where are with you with Robinson? And we've seen so many talented guys. What makes Robinson different? Oh, I mean, he's, just, he's unbelievable, really. He, he's, uh, I think he's kind of in between what you get with a Saquon Barkley and a Christian McCaffrey. I think the talent wow. is that substantial. I mean, he's a physical runner. Uh, you can catch the ball out of the backfield. I'm not saying he's probably a little a cut below those two in terms of, but I mean, you know, I talked to Tom McShay and Kiefer about both of them, and you know, Tom McShay is very high on. Uh, he even so, like he thinks he's better than Saquon. Now, Kiefer disagreed, but those guys are, are a lot better at this than I am in terms of they've been doing it forever, but. Um, what I see with John Robinson is another Texas running back that's probably going to get have a uh, a pretty lengthy career, and he's probably going to land with a pretty good team to start if he ends in the back half of the first round. Hmm. Who was a another or which was another spring game, Bill, for you other than Texas because you wanted to see Manning, Ewers, etc. What was another one that was very high on your list of can't miss, and for what reason? I watched Georgia. I mean, and it looked like an NFL game. So that was, uh, I mean, I've been telling people all week, they had 25 guys catch a pass. Jesus. And eight guys caught a pass over 20 yards or more. So Texas is going to have, or uh, Texas, uh, Georgia is going to have a very good team with a lot of guys around. Probably I think Carson Beck will win that job. And it's not just Brock Bowers. The, the, the level of talent they have, like you can just see it on the TV, how much speed that team has and 
how good they're going to be. And, you know, like everybody else, I'll probably comp it to Alabama this weekend. Yeah. So it's a one-team race again this year? I mean, it's going to be tough to beat them. Mm. Rather, you're, you know, Ohio State has guys. I watched Ohio State as well. And mm-hmm. uh, a little bit more impressed with their defense. And Kyle McCord, there's going to be some, you know, when you go from, I tell people this all the time, you know, Ohio State's had three straight first-round quarterbacks. That doesn't, it's really hard to have a next one recruit well at the position. So I think McCord, there'll be a little bit of a, I don't want to say a learning curve, but yeah, probably a little bit. But I mean, whoever, the good thing is, is they've got so many playmakers around them, he's probably going to be just fine. We'll see. What about the uh, – back to Georgia for a second. Aren't they about to lose one of their gifted young defensive linemen? Didn't I see – who had an impact on the uh, in the championship game? I guess a lot of guys did against TCU. Um, but isn't one of them leaving, Bill? Yeah, Bear Alexander's in the uh, portal. That's and what I thought. You're going to see more of that. I mean, Brock Vandegrift may get the portal. And, you know, over the next 10 to 14, I guess – Maybe, you know, however long that portal's open the second time around, you're going to see some impact quarterbacks go in as soon as all these spring games are over. I mean, I mentioned Vandegrift. You know, Malik Murphy at Texas is another one. I mean, he's probably not more Arch Manning good, but uh, he he played well in the spring game and also has a year under his belt. So I I think those guys are the ones you got to watch over the next couple of days. Talking with Bill Bender as we take a look around college football. Michigan... They have built that organization up. They have done an incredible job. Looked like Harbaugh was in trouble. Maybe they would have played their final two games of 2020. He wouldn't have made it to 21. But here we are. Do they have enough, though, to break through to get at that echelon of national championship contender? Or is still that gap so big between the Georgias and the SECs of the world? And what we get when we get the best of the Big Ten? Well, I mean, one thing... one compensation they've done they, they may not get as many five-star guys but they've done a remarkable job of pulling in guys from the portal and it's almost like free agency i mean you know jim harbaugh did free agency with the Niners, so you grab a Oluwatimi like they did last year at center they, they did really well in this cycle in the portal it makes me, and they've got jj mccarthy mm-hmm. both running back uh colston loveland they're gonna be good They've turned that corner. Now, rather that means another national championship, first time since 97, they really missed an opportunity last year. So so we'll see where they come at it from this year uh, from one angle. Uh, I want to ask you about Penn State. I saw that you uh, had a piece on them earlier this week, over the weekend. It's been a couple of days now. Uh, they're on Iowa's schedule this year. Uh, what kind of Penn State team, a young team with a bunch of young skill guys last year, uh, what will Franklin uh, have in store for, uh, well, for everybody in the Big Ten, but Iowa when they face them in September? It's a big year for the Nittany Lions. Uh, Drew Aller, back at quarterback, very good talent player. Uh, six five, got all those measurables we love to talk about. Running backs back from that ten win team. I mean, for me, it's you know they've had a, a back and forth with Iowa over the years, but it really comes down to you know what's James Franklin going to do against the Big Two in the division. Yeah. He's four and fourteen against Ohio State and Michigan. Imagine if Jim Jeez. Harbaugh was four and fourteen against Ohio State and Penn State. What people would say? Yeah. That's the difference between coaching at Michigan and coaching at Penn State. That's a, that's a great point. Bill Bender from the Sporting News. Bill, thank you for giving us a few minutes. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Thank you, Bill. Bye.
problem. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, good, yep, good to talk to you. Bill Bender uh, from the Sporting News. All right, the keyword was grand. If you, I think you, well, it might be too late, but if uh, you missed it earlier, the keyword this hour is grand. Go to kxno.com. Try and enter it. If it won't let you, we'll, you'll have to wait for another oh, 40 minutes or so. we got one in the next hour. Uh, Blake Bold from the Drake Relays. He's uh, going to join us when we come back. Talk a little Drake Relays. It is the 113th renewal of this incredible event uh, right in our right in our city. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. And welcome back. It's Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Let's talk some Drake relays, shall we? They are, well, this time next week they'll be underway. 113th renewal of this incredible event that has, well, clearly stood the test of time. 113 years, my God. Blake Bold, Associate AD over at Drake, I believe his primary focus is on the relays. Uh, Blake, Trent Condon and Ken Miller, thank you for coming on. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on this morning. No, I appreciate you coming on. I kind of want to, uh, if you don't mind, kind of find out how the sausage is made. You know, kind of, uh, you know, what goes into bringing these world-class athletes to Des Moines? Uh, do you have to recruit? Do you do so through agents? I mean, obviously, they've got, it's a brand, the uh, Drake Relays. I get that part of it. But do you, how, do you still have to uh, actually recruit uh, and sell Des Moines to some of these athletes to make their way here uh, in late April? Yeah, no, you're exactly right. And I think uh, that, you know, as, as as you know, there's a lot of layers to our events, the community-focused events, the Drake Road Races, Grand Blue Mile, and on and on and on. Um, but then we also have, uh, just in Drake Stadium, we have uh, you know, the best competition of the season for the Iowa high school athletes, many of the nation's best NCAA track and field programs uh, come from all over the country, and then certainly we'll even elementary school and master's athletes. I mean, we have a, a high jump set for Saturday next week uh, featuring athletes in their 50s and 60s. They're world, world-class athletes in their own right, um, but it's just every, every level. And then at the pros, that certainly is where globally we earn the most media. I mean, as you know, track and field is an important sport in Des Moines and central Iowa, mostly because of the history of the Drake Relays and that personal connection we as Iowans feel to that event and our sport in that way. But in Europe and, and, and Africa and, and many other parts of the world, um, track and field is a top five or a top six sport in terms of mainstream media interest. And when our announcements come out, so when we've announced a world record attempt in the shot put next week, uh, I had an athlete, you know, had an athlete here at Drake from France and an athlete here at Drake from Spain who both said that that article landed in the largest print publication in their respective countries, <laughs> one in Paris and one in uh, Madrid. So it's interesting to see um, that when we make those announcements locally, they literally reverberate around the world. Um, and that is where that recruiting takes place because. Uh, as you guys have seen in the last, or we've all seen in the last 24 hours, April showers bring <laughs> May flowers. And Drake is not known around the world for being uh, a, a destination for a sunny April vacation. Uh, and that and that weather that we face, uh, you know, every, every year seems to be a challenge. But one thing that we came out in a press conference we had earlier this week with the Olympic champion in the 110 hurdles, He's from Jamaica. 
Um, he came back last year for the first time since he won the Olympics. Um, so he's got now, you know, a piece of jewelry with an Olympic gold medal hanging around his neck when he wants. He chose to come back to Des Moines. He said, uh, you know, even though the weather is not as good as it might be in Jamaica or Florida or, uh, you know, Botswana that has another big meet, um, he knows that no matter where he goes in the world, the fans will be there. And he said that in the press conference. The rain, the snow, it doesn't matter to the fans, so it doesn't matter to him. That's what really makes it special and makes it possible for us to continue to recruit these top-level athletes. So I want to talk to somebody that maybe has never been to the Drake Relays before. What what would be the day that you would target? You're going to make it out for the first time this year. You want to check out the action. For somebody that is a novice, that hasn't been there before, what would you tell them? What's the perfect day? What's the perfect uh, weather obviously always a part of that but what kind of events would probably get the newbie the the newbie to track that wants to watch some action saturday's the day you know we are headed toward our 57th consecutive saturday sellout um general admission tickets still available through monday um and then after that only reserved seating um but so saturday is the day but i'd say for and i can talk through why exactly but for anybody who would want to experience it, there's an opportunity to see something really neat, cool, every single session. So, you know, Thursday night, it, we bring the Isisorettes in, and they're on the, on, in the stands up on the backstretch, you know, really put on a cool show while we have a 1,000 collegiate athletes from across the country chasing national qualifying marks in the distance races. But this year, for the first time on Thursday night, we're bringing in the world champion in the women's hammer throw, and the American record holder in the men's hammer throw, and they're going uh, against world-class and international fields in our north throwing fields. And if, and if you're a novice, or even if you're, you've been to the Drake Relays 50 years in a row maybe, this might be something you've never seen because it's a metal ball that you know, weighs 16 pounds on the end of a two-foot-long steel chain and a handle on it that they spin around and around and around and then launch it almost the length of an entire football field to, 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 to compete and, and earn world ranking points. And hopefully we'll see not just the Drake Stadium record, but there is a possibility of a new American record for both the men and the women. Hmm. So that's just Thursday night. And so every single day, every single element of the competition, not only do you get to see the best there is in Iowa, you get to see the Hawkeyes and the Cyclones going against many of the best in the NCAA, um, but it is that opportunity to see Something you've never seen before, or you know, the, the truly the, the front page of the Olympics comes to Des Moines every April. Um, before we run out of time, I have one more question for you, but I want to make sure we, we save enough time. Go drakebulldogs.com. Would that be the best place to get tickets if you want to yeah. go Saturday? Uh, go drakebulldogs.com, the website? Drakekicks.com gotcha. slash Drake Relays takes you directly to it. Ticks, T I X. And of course, all of these information, uh, all of these updates. DrakeRelays.org is the best uh, vanity domain. Just type that straight into your phone, DrakeRelays.org. And then this morning we had a great announcement that we will be hosting on Saturday uh, the first ever collegiate national championship for the 100 meters. Um, we'll have the world record holder in the men's shot put competing that day. Um, and that's where Saturday just is the day. The high schools uh, culminate in, 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 in the championship on a Relays Cup, the university division, um, it really has four by one, the four by four, all those exciting races that really make um, the sport a signature 
uh, part of our culture just really come to life on Saturday. We've got like 60 seconds left. Next year's an Olympic, uh, a Summer Olympics. Is it more difficult during Olympics year or a non-Olympic year to get athletes? You know, everybody comes out of the woodwork in the Olympic year. Gotcha. Well, since the pandemic, every year's been that way because uh, 2021, uh, we had the Olympics. Well, then that meant the world champions went from 21 to 22. And for from 2021 through 2025, every year there's a major, major championship, certainly the Olympics in 21 and 24. So we're really seeing unprecedented uh, excitement already in, in what I call an off year. It doesn't feel like an off year at all this year. And next year, I have confidence, will be even bigger and better. Uh, Blake Bolden from the Drake Relays, part of the fabric uh, of our community, no doubt about it. Blake, wish you all the success. Let's sell out Saturday. Uh, good luck. Um, get some sleep <laughs> in the next few days. Thanks, guys. Uh, Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Thank you, Blake Bolden. Appreciate it. Good to talk to you. Take care. Blake Bolden from the uh, Drake Relays. All right, hour number two. Uh, David Eicholt will join us first. Brian Ference is meeting the media in two hours from right now. Uh, we will pick uh, Eicholt's brain as to how he thinks that will go. Other stuff as well. And then uh, Dave Sproul, Matt Campbell, as we speak, is meeting with the Iowa State football media. And Sproul will recap that with us at the bottom of the hour. Trent's Plays of the Day coming up as well. Hour 2, Miller & Condon, 106.3 KXNO.